You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's This Is How I Made It After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's This Is How I Made It After Show. Yo, what up, AfterBuzzers? Bing is for doing, and we are doing another AfterBuzz TV After Show for This Is How I Made It. MTV, Season 1, Episode 1. Ashley Ricard and Two Chains. <laughs> two Chains, you gotta say. Two Chains, little, Two Chains from Hotlanta. I'm DJ Jesse here in the AfterBuzz Studio. Fortunately, Kendra Cavasel could not be here with us. I'm gonna go around the room. Let you guys introduce yourselves. Did you say fortunately, Kendra? Unfortunately, oh, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> fortunately. So rumors get started. Kicking a knife in already, <laughs> eh? Bloody hell! Yeah, I thought this was the. Ma- I'm gonna have an ac- I'm gonna have an accent just by working with you. Like, Fantastic. Lucky you, right? Maybe you can fail to get laid as well. <laughs> uh, I am Nigel McGuinness in it. To win it, uh, used to be a professional wrestler. Now I am somewhat of a stand-up comedian, somewhat of a documentary producer, somewhat of a magician. A magician. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh well, what kind of magic tricks? Cards, for nice. the most part. But you know, bit a bit of mentalism. First card you think of? Ace of Spades. Was it? That was it. Three? That was it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Time for him to get laid now. Let's go. <laughs> My name's Thomas. I work in reality TV as a freelance producer, so I don't have any magic tricks. No. But I can take some hella notes, I can tell you that. And that that's all that matters. And it's actually chicken scratch. It's, right it's a degree, actually, from DeVry. But anyway, chicken yeah. Scratch? Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> all right, so, I mean, let's talk about this show. You know, I... I our dear producer Phil here at AfterBuzz sent this around, and I never even heard of this show. I never knew it was coming out. Mm. I was kind of excited about it because I miss Diary. I miss like MTV. Uh, I don't know if you go all the way back, but remember when they used to like let you meet your favorite celebrity? Mm-hmm. I miss those shows. Uh, MTV, uh, VH1, behind the music. So I'm glad that they were they brought something like this back. Even Cribs, because you get to see. The other side. I mean, exactly. it's a side they choose to show you, but it's a side that you wouldn't get to see normally. You can't read it in right. people. You're not going to see it on YouTube. I think, yeah, the, the world we live in now with social media, it's no longer you want to have larger-than-life characters. You want to see behind the scenes. I've seen it with wrestling all the time. When I started out with wrestling, they would say... You've got to keep your distance from the fans. You know what I mean? If they think you're their friend, they're not going to buy tickets anymore. So you always have to keep that distance. But now, because of social media, it's the people that really feel that connection that the outside of WWE are really making the most money. I it's mean, the, relating to your fans and being, hey, you know what? I could be him. And exactly. And, and I think watching mm-hmm. this show... I think that's clearly what they were going exactly. for. Like, let every one of these sort of, you know, pubescent... 
pimple squeezing <laughs> nerds is going to be sitting there going, you know what? I said I was going to be an actor. I can do it too now. <laughs> you know what I mean? If that is actually very true. You know, I love the I love the editing of the show. Mm. I like you know the one on one, and then going back and seeing you know pictures or videos of what what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's start with the first person, Ashley Ricard, uh, Sarasota, Florida, everyday girl, grew up on a horse farm. From the south. Yeah. Uh, and then I love the, the reoccurring theme on on all the new shows. I was bullied as a child, and I wasn't popular. Okay, that, yeah, I, yeah, anyway, I guess I won't even discuss that, because that's such a I, I do, topic. because but it's, it gets, it's just it, so X-Factor, because X-Factor goes into this whole bullying mm. thing, and now But it seems like a bandwagon everyone's jumping on, because I feel like, and maybe it's just generational but I mean when I I'm 30 and when I was growing up it was like everyone gets bullied deal with it mm. like everyone goes through it for some reason or another not that it's a good thing it's a horrible you know right. it's a horrible thing to go through but now right. it seems like a lot of people just jump on that bandwagon because they're like hey it happened to me and then they're and it's like people that you know I think Perez Hilton has even come out and said like he's gonna stop he, he doesn't do it and I'm like I feel like someone like that and I'm calling you out Perez <laughs> I feel like people like that kind of it's sad they jump on that bandwagon and they do it not for the not for the good like I think I think Ashley probably was boy because she kind of was an inward person and stuff like that. And then I validate her story, but I feel like a lot of people just kind of jump on it because it's it's a new claim to fame, no. and it's not cool to bully anymore. I mean, right. it, you, you can't pick on people. I had that, that TV on that show called uh, Bully Beatdown. Did you ever see yes. that? Right? No, I haven't. How's it, explain well, that? So one. basically, there's there's some nerd who's getting bullied by somebody, right? Um, and I used to be a nerd. And I used to get bullied by people all the time. Um, and what they do is they write into MTV and they get a UFC fighter and they basically <laughs> get this bully to get into a ring with a UFC fighter sign his life away and then he gets his ass kicked and everyone claps at the end and goes oh marvellous you know <laughs> so it's kind of like that but what I'd love to see with this show is maybe the people that bullied Ashley Reichards right mm-hmm. she could give names and numbers and addresses <laughs> we could just send people to beat them out on the street right <laughs> it got viral on YouTube this this you know, that guy called me fat she never get picked on again <laughs> Beat the shit out of him, you know what I mean? Fantastic, right? Well, but, and that's what this show shows is she overcame all of that. Like back, back to the whole bullying. Like mm. she's explaining how she did go overcome it, right? And it was a horrible story that she had to go through. I mean, right. there are, there are definitely some recurring themes here. That, that the majority of people that in their adult life are very successful, I think, in adolescence aren't so much successful. And I think the ones that were, generally speaking, turn out to be complete losers. Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, it, it makes sense in the sense of it pushed her. And mm. so, you know, she joined a play called, well, everyone in the school had to had join to this do play, opera. Mood, Moon Maiden, and she played an eel, and she realized, this is what I'm doing. And she didn't even want to do that at first, right? She was mentioning Everyone that had she, to. Yeah, had, and she yeah. was kind of like not really against it because she had looked inward, and then this, right. there was like a teacher that... that that just stood by her and she kind of looked up to and the teacher recommended her mm. pursue this dream. It's funny where you get inspiration in life, you know. Um, I, when I was about 14 years old, uh, decided I was going to be a professional wrestler and it's because Rowdy Roddy Piper, you guys probably remember him, right? Mm-hmm. Back from the 80s, he did a promo on TV and it was it was loosely based on Martin Luther King's Dare to Dream speech, you mm-hmm. know, and, and he, he pointed out the camera, I'll never forget this, he said, if there's somebody out there now that has a dream of being a professional wrestler, you can make it because I was 15 years old and I was on the street and I was homeless and I got into wrestling and I made it and I really felt like he was talking to me in that moment and, and that was one thing that you know essentially took me down that path to waste my entire life trying to be a wrestler 
but not but waste you know because you actually did, did it. it. I, 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 did, I had some success at it, um, and that's what this documentary that I'm producing is about, trying to come to terms with that. And, and I think that ultimately, arguably, maybe at the end of this is what we'll see, is that it's not about, and it's a cliche, you know, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Um, exactly. It's about realizing that in a hundred years, we are all going to be worm food, you know what I mean? And all you've got is the experiences in between. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have fun, you don't enjoy your experiences in between, it doesn't matter whether you get here or here. It's all for now. Exactly. I mean, and you, you know, you sit here and you say you didn't make it to where you thought it was going to go. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, she no, never no shade on her. Either. No yeah. shade on her. She's, you know, done things beyond what I've done. Mm. But she's not Angelina. There's always someone Absolutely. that's well, better. I, I, I was going to ask you guys. Well, what do you think? Do you think that like she says now I've made it? Let's say that for some reason she couldn't act anymore, didn't want to act anymore. She would feel her life was a success. Or do you think you, you know? Looking at her, I think part of her would say yes, but I think part of her knows she can do more. I don't. Yeah, I. D- I mean, she, she says she's a workaholic, so I don't think that she's someone who. I don't get like uh, big head or anything from this girl at all. I think she's very down to earth, very humble, and yeah. I think she's very uh, looking at it like I made it in the sense of. I'm working. Mm-hmm. I'm doing what I want right. to do, and I get paid for it. She's Not also cautiously optimistic. It seems like she's very, like you said, she's like I'm working, but it's she's mm. slow, she she's not tooting her own horn yet. If I don't do it, someone else is going to exactly, get it. and she knows that, which sure. I think has kept her grounded. I mean, yeah. What are you thinking? With well, the you smile? said you. you, you <laughs> I was just saying you, you said you didn't get big head from her, and um, I was wondering if, if anybody did. Where <laughs> are you going <laughs> to? On well, that note, call so in four three four two five six seventeen two nine. So speaking of One Tree Hill <laughs> and how she made it, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, One Tree Hill was her biggest, uh, was her first big gig. Mm-hmm. She was on in the fray, How to Save a Life video, right? But um, she said she went into audition, and then she was at El Torito, which is down the street from the audition writers' room for One Tree Hill. Right. And El Torito is amazing if you're ever in yeah. California. Yeah, it's a chain <laughs> restaurant in Los Angeles, Southern California. It's not too bad. No, and it, it's so it's just funny. She literally is living the LA LA life just going to these random places where right. we all go <laughs> and just auditioning and uh, Mark Schwann the creator loved her audition and hired her the next day two days after that she's flying out and she was on this show for eight months wow. and she said she was playing the same character so she felt typecasted which happens a lot in Hollywood. A, a ton of people, you know, once you get into that role of, you, if, you know, being that sad, depressed character or the funny mm. guy, like, it's very hard to get out of it. But is that a problem? That's what I'm saying. That's what I don't know. You know, it can't... I think it is. It, it is and isn't. I think it's something they always say is a problem. I mean, I'm not an actor, so I, I can't speak per se for everyone, but I would say it could be a problem in the sense, like, you're not appealing in a ton of different roles. Like, if you're Jennifer Aniston, you're going to play that role forever. Mm. And and that's good. It's going to pay your bills. You're going to get a great house. You know, it's going to work. But then maybe maybe she's worried she's not respected by people in her craft. For, so it's like a more of a – I would think it's more of like a personal thing. Like, I, I know I can do that, mm-hmm. so – And it's a battle. It probably helps her get up in the morning and be like, mm. I'm going to conquer this. I'm going to fight this. Let me ask this. you this. As, as a DJ, you know, like, now, if you made a lot of money, you had a great house or whatever else, but you weren't um, – you didn't have that same level of respect professionally. Like, you couldn't ask a guy on the street, like, you know, what your, what's your DJ name? Do you have a special Just leader? DJ Jesse. Really? Just, um, me, myself, and I. Come up with a better one than that. No. I, and this is why I do it, because I'm my, I am me. I try to think, like, all these random names, like, DJ this, DJ that, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, that's corny. Like, DJ, I'm just me. I'm Jesse. Like, DJ 
DJ DJ Jess Mopper, something like that. Jess you know what I mean? Mopper. Jess Mopper. He mopped the floor up with these people. Brilliant. <laughs> I've got well, it. Wait, what was so what were you going to say? If I couldn't be respected in the industry? Well, I'm saying there's a difference between I think in any of the entertainment forms making a good living at it and and being respected by your peers. Like, would you consider that? Like, would you be disappointed? Because if, if I made a ton of money as a wrestler, but everybody thought I was the shits, I'm not sure I'd really care, you know? Well, I don't think I would care. Because, obviously, if I'm making money at it, mm. someone out there cares and is enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, and at the end of the day, I don't do it really for other people. I do it because I love music and I love what I am what I am capable of doing. Yeah. And as long as I can do that... And if I'm successful from it, you know, that's really, for me, all that matters. I don't really, there's always going to be haters out there. There's always mm. going to be someone who just is like, well, oh, you know, he's using vinyl. He, you know, I, who does that anymore? It's like, well. It works for you. For me, this is what I do. I carry big things in, in, into these, you know. I, there are some places I can't play because they don't let me set my certain equipment up. And oh, yeah. It's like, well. Well, same thing. Like, I mean, this is a prime example. Of Justin Bieber. People hate on the guy, but the guy's just laughing at the bank. Oh, exactly. Mm. I mean, he's living the life. Like, doesn't mean he's not talented. You know, oh. different. A lot, a lot of it's jealousy that people hate, and I think it's also the way of combating to be like, like as an actor, actress, or a rapper. You know, as we'll get to later. Like, yes, I can do different roles. Like, like Ludacris is an example. Like, Ludacris has shown he can act. He can show he can rap, and he shows he, he's shown he can produce as well. Right. And it's like a way of saying like, hey, yeah, you can laugh, you can do this and that, but I can I can mop the I can mop the floor with you, like Jesse Mappa. Jesse Mappa. Jesse Mappa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, something might just grow into fruition from the, from today. Here. I'll get you a T-shirt here next week. This is brilliant. <laughs> so okay, so let's get back. To, let's get back to ask you, sir. <laughs> So eight months, she's playing the same character, and she kind of realizes that, you know what, uh, I need to do something different. So she starts banging down different doors, mm-hmm. and, I mean, she's been doing pretty well with it. Uh, she's on MTV's Awkward. She plays Jenna, which is a comedy, much different from One Tree Hill, right. a drama, you know, teeny bopper show. Mm. Uh, and then she was in, a, I know she was in American Horror Story, which, you know, wasn't a huge role, but that's that was a huge TV show, mm-hmm. and not only that, but that gets you involved with Ryan Murphy's crew, and that just can take you all over the damn place. Well, in that work, like if working in freelance production, which you know, and which and I'm sure you know, similar like in DJing, once you start working with the crew, a lot of the way things work here is you end up working with that crew, or if you work with two or three crews, you end up working within multiple projects because they know you and they know your work yeah. ethic, like you said, which is probably really good for her because if they like her and she's a really hard worker, they're going to bring her on for other things, right. Right. and it sh- and she's talented. Like that's the first thing. I mean, she's she really talented she got herself out here on her own wasn't something she initially wanted to do which is really interesting because a lot of times like if, if you're younger and watching the show you know when you're a kid you may be like oh I want to be a firefighter or I want to be a DJ and then you try it out and you're like you know I'm not really good at that and then you take that class I don't know it could be like horse riding or like being a welder or some random thing um, or even being an actor and you're like oh wow you learn you have that hidden talent you exactly. just pursue that and that's that's the interesting thing about her that she showed which you got at an early age and you, you know when the, when you saw that wrestler on TV and he's like, hey, you guys should do this, blah, 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 et cetera. Remember? Mm-hmm. And pushed you into it, and you got you got a career out of that. That's the neat thing about this show is it pushes people into being like, so what am I good at? This person is living the dream, you know, the American dream, doing X, Y, and Z. What am I good at? What can I do to, to fill my potential? 
Here's the big question though. We live in a generation now, arguably for the last 10 or 15 years, where if you don't have a dream and you don't pursue your dream, it's almost impossible to not look at your life as a, as a failure. Whereas in our parents' generation, certainly our grandparents' generation, if you were a plumber and you got married and you, you know your wife gave you a head like once a month and you had a couple of decent kids, your life was a success. You know exactly. what I mean? You, you weren't going, oh, I never, I never played Broadway or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? And you could argue that today we have such high expectations and, and with shows like this that everybody is going oh so you're arguing against it actually that's a pretty good point that maybe it's putting a little I, too much stress I, I, on I people to definitely yeah. agree with you I think it, it, it's funny and it goes back to uh, what you were talking about uh, Perez Hilton bullying I think TMZ it's, I was just talking about this last night I, Lindsay Lohan calls in you know we see Lindsay we watch Lindsay Lohan's life which Lilo. is like train wreck but when you sit there and think of it, I mean, I know Lindsay Lohan before she was Lindsay Lohan, and she was just a normal girl, grew up in New York. Uh, here she is crying to TMZ. TMZ gives her this platform. They're the nice guys. Oh, we give her a platform. She cries. No, you're allowing this girl who's crying. Yeah. You know, and it's to me, it's bullying. So to mm. what you're saying, I almost not that this shows bullying, but I, I think it does. It put this is great. Because we're giving her the respect that, you know, wow, this girl went from nothing. She had a dream. She mm -hmm. planted the seam and grew with it. Mm. But that's her journey. That's her life. Maybe your seat is you love accounting. You know, and I, I mm -hmm. think that we're so oversaturated with media that it's like, whoa. Mm. <laughs> I'm not performing. I'm not, you know, a rapper. Yeah. I'm not this. Or but we're, we're we're also obsessed with success. Right. Oh, that's right. that's the United States. It's you know, it's absolutely. Yeah, it's all the way to the bank. Right. You know. But what is success? Well, that's that's your own definition, exactly. It's what we said. The, for me, my dream as a kid was to be, you know, like Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. You know, just without the moustache and balding bits. You know. Um, but, uh, now, you if know. you were Hulk, if you were the Hulk Hogan bit, mm. but you weren't making money of it, but you had the fame, mm. you were recognised and you were respected. Would that have been enough for it for you? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It wouldn't have possibly existed in a capitalist society, right. obviously, because success goes hand in hand with with riches, for the for the better or for the worse. But I think like the trouble is, they're going to have lots of like women watching this now, young girls who who will, and it's great to inspire these girls, and they're all going to come out here, and we're all going to see them on Sunset Boulevard. You know <laughs> what I mean? Trying to meet people, living the dream, living a dream. You know what and I mean? <laughs> Sunday morning, like staggering out of some awful bed sit in like the hills. Because anyway, long. Story story short um, some people aren't going to make it you know what I mean and that's not a tragedy it's really not a tragedy the one thing I've learned about my dream and from my documentary looking back on it is it's not you don't have an obligation to make it the only obligation you have is to try right you know mm -hmm. and, and because you can look at her and you can look at two changes that we're going to do later on and there has to be by definition a hundred if not a thousand more people in Hollywood who are working just as hard who are doing, who are doing the same all story. these same things mm -hmm. and are never going to make it well it back though it's who knows you not who you know and if they can recall your name just like working with the crews of people or mm -hmm. groups of people you know if they can recall your name that's how you get the job it's all your connections and building that and I mean, it's what's funny is honestly she you know she searched how to be a recording artist 
Mm-hmm. So in her head, she thought she was going to be a singer mm-hmm. at first, and That's it turned right, into yeah. acting. What a failure! And, <laughs> and, and so, speaking of music, I want to give y'all a shout out for you know tuning in every week. And you guys watch us on YouTube, and we need your help to get us number one on iTunes, though. So it's really simple. Just up in the search bar, just type in AfterBuzz. This is how I made it, and subscribe rate comment and i always do this on my shows but if you guys leave us a comment with your twitter handle we'll give you a shout out next week on the show all right really easy three minutes um so you know she didn't have a career in music but our homeboy two chains two chains from hotlanta aka titty boy aka Tahid epps <laughs> i gotta say go on as a dj mm. Speak your mind. I hope I don't get like negative comments. I never really liked Titty Boy. Let's put it like that. What are you, what are you gonna put? <laughs> He's gonna right, tweet that now. Twitter now. <laughs> tweet I, I was never DJ really. I, I was never really a fan of him. <laughs> then when he changed into Two Chains, I was like, okay, I get. Why, why weren't you a fan of him initially? <sighs> the same reason why he said his album, his second album, okay. in Play a Circle. Uh, you know, the music was just whack. No, it just I'm from the East Coast. I'm from New York, so you know the East Coast. Everyone has their different. Every region has their different cliche. uh, You know, niche of different style. Yeah, Southern hip hop. Ludacris is somebody who can kind of you know branch out to different cultures. Play a circle, not as much. I think Two Chains, what he's doing now, he's doing that. Mm -hmm. I think back then, you know. But what I liked about this is I actually. Grew to really respect him. Uh, I knew he's been. Ar- I know he's been around in the game for a long time. The guy's like thirty six, thirty seven years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I definitely have a lot of respect. I mean, to see you know, grew up in the hood. And the, I like when you. I like your recap of how he grew up. What, what were you saying back then? I forget. Oh, damn it! it grew up in that neighborhood. In that, that neighborhood, drugs. selling that drugs. That family. <laughs> So it's okay. Living that life. With that life, so uh, it's okay. He grew up a hustler, you know, as Nicki Minaj. Saying I'm racist, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> In the trap. Get me uh, and he helped up he helped out his mom filling out, you know, orders, uh paying electric bills. Mm-hmm. And I never knew he was really big in basketball and uh, almost got a scholarship, a scholarship. <laughs> to go. Division but, one school, what does that mean? That's yeah, the top, like oh, the, the big schools, oh, like okay. University of Texas, UCLA. Um, so you have University to correct me. I'm from England, um, yeah, England, and uh, you can't go to the NBA before going to college. Is that right, or can you? You can. It's not really recommended. I think that I, I was so I think LeBron James. Not one LeBron. year. I think it's one year. One year in college, and then you can get drafted. Right. And with football, and honestly, I I think there's one person that ever did do it. I can't remember who it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe uh, before they had. Well, the back then. Uh, not back then. I'm, I'm I know like recently. Uh, oh, I can't recently. think who it was. Mm. Um, but anyway, I, I took you off track. I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm an idiot. Uh, so yes, is his talent on the court and off the court? I mean, he mm. he he's. But you know what? Selling the drugs. Yeah, selling drugs is bad. You're breaking the law. But he's an entrepreneur, which kind of goes hand. It goes hand. <laughs> no, seriously, that's goes hand hand. Like he's, entre- he's an entrepreneur. He's a hustler. Selling drugs is bad. You're breaking the law. Like that's not something that we're encouraging here. But it shows that when times were tough, like <laughs> shows that when times were tough, like he literally stepped to the plane. Like I got to figure out a way to make some money, like feed my family. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm not. I'm not. Condo- I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying it's it's a, it's a good way to live. But that that 
he rough did that. Uh, he got out of there. Started playing it's basketball. E- it's easy money. The Glenn, yeah, but it money. also got him in trouble. So right. then, like, when he got in trouble and he lost his scholarship, and wasn't able to go play ball. Like, he had to think of something else he could do. And obviously, he wasn't going to go sell drugs. And he's going to go back. He's going to go to prison. Right. So like, he started getting into you know the music. And uh, I think you know. I mean, I'm glad he found something to put himself into. Uh, that was productive and not going to be his downfall. But but that was like the gears turning to early at age, which is kind of like showing like. Hard work and determination doesn't always, but a lot of times it's on your side because a lot of times it helps you get that lucky break. And no matter what field you're going to do, whether you're going to be a teacher, whether you're going to be, you know, it helps you get in that school or helps you meet those people or those organizations. And or, it was good. I like the I like the fact that he, you know, and I actually believe him. You know, a lot of these, a lot of guys growing up and uh, who do sell drugs, a lot of them do it just to have a lifestyle. It's an easy way to have a nice car, easy way to have all the the jewels and things like that. The bling bling. And for him, the bling bling. And for him, it was just the rocks. Oh, oh, yeah, I think I should sell drugs. What am I doing trying to be an actor or a stand-up comic? <laughs> All right, kids. This is... <laughs> yeah, so anyway, but anyway. yeah, so you're trying to say it, but it's like sometimes people do it because they don't have an option. Exactly. And again, we're not condoning it. It's not something that we're saying to do. We're just kind of saying, like, the guy made a mistake, but it's kind of those gears turning, like... He's like, hey, I'm going to try to help my family out. wasn't the best decision, but at that age, it was like, hey, I got to figure some stuff out. He took he it, turned to music. milked it into gold. Uh, you know, he was... He, I mean, even though uh, Play Circle was not big, I mean, I did know of them. I, so, I mean, you know, their success wasn't as Which big. Which is pretty good they made it that far up to the I East mean, Coast, you, being Southern. I mean, that would be... They clinged on to Ludacris and mm-hmm. DDP. That was, that's huge. Ludacris is one of the, was one of the biggest rappers in that mm-hmm. time period. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's traveling everywhere. And the most important part is that he's connecting. There you go. What were the names he said? Raekwon. Busta Rhymes, these are hip-hop legends that you're connecting with. And to have no one in the industry dislike you, talk bad about you, really proves that you are someone made of character. Yeah. Uh, and at my favorite quote that he said, he said, you know, you treat the intern like they're a boss. Because you never know who's going to be your next boss. Exactly. And that's... It's true. That is, that's some 50 cent-ish right there. Uh, that's, that's some smart thinking yeah. in an entrepreneur-like thinking. Um, well, let me ask you this. What do you think is the difference between him in Player Circle where it wasn't so successful and him now? Like, like how much of it is the music, you know, the content, uh, and how much is the fact that now he's, you know, friends with Lil Wayne? So this is a, what I was talking, I wrote at the end of my thing. Uh, the difference is your mentor. Mm-hmm. Ludacris is awesome. But the thing about Ludacris, if you really follow Ludacris, Ludacris loves Atlanta. And he really caters to it. His music is great, but it's always the, Atlanta s- it's always the same. Yeah. To me, his albums are great, but it's never like we're like traveling out and like trying something different or new. It, it, it's very centered. Unlike Jay-Z. Like, for example, Jay-Z will just, like, each album will be completely right. different. It, the beats but, will be different. Uh, not like... Wayne. So mm-hmm. as soon as he st- went under Wayne on the music, ba- uh, I am music tour, he starts seeing like he like he said he said I own a studio. He's like, but I wasn't in it every day. Little Wayne is writing constantly. I don't know if you saw the uh, VMAs mm-hmm. this year. Wayne is on stage listening to an iPod, accepting an award. Yeah, he's selling. He's trying to sell his headphones, but at the same time, I guarantee you, he's known to just always be rapping or always have something so he said. 24 hours a day and it gives you that mentality and uh, Nicki Minaj kind of helped throw him out there because he was on Bees in the Trap and 
it's the same mentality as Nicki Minaj. Wayne takes these artists and he says, look, just get on everyone's song. Everybody. Because as soon as you get on everyone's track and you're just a feature on it, he's like, yeah, you know what I mean? You're doing it for free. You're, you're just a quick little feature. And no one's probably going to know who you are. He was like, but then they're going to start being like, oh. It, it's the same thing with Nicki Minaj. That line, that Nicki guy. Minaj was on everybody's song, uh, uh, album on all these different songs. And it was like, well, damn. Even if you don't like Nicki Minaj... Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna listen to it because you like whoever they're attached to it's the same thing and so that's what I think the difference is and not only that but I think he has more creative control as 2 chains. because if you remember he said what am I doing wrong he said I have all the dots how do I connect them all and I think he's doing that now and I think mm. Wayne kind of helped him mm. I think he outgrew Ludacris yeah and so it was Wayne's crazy. influence that did Categorically change the actual music. Ex- absolutely right. So if he, if he, if he, you know, if for whatever reason, if like there was a ghost that gave him that same inspiration, and he changes music in the same way, but didn't meet Lil Wayne, wouldn't be as successful. Or eventually, do you think that that music, if it was good enough, would have made it? What do you think? No. No, I don't think that because he said the song "Spin It" is what changed it. That's what yeah. changed everything. Because then he started getting tweeted by Kanye, Katy Perry. I mean, just people that he could. To me, uh, Duffel Bag Boy changed it. You think so? "Spend It" changed it for him personally, mm-hmm. but Duffel Bag Boy was so big. Oh, you mean for like everyone? Yeah, right. and I mean it got. That's where his connection with Lil Wayne and mm-hmm. he started getting the influence, and then that's when he branched out. After he was so inspired by Lil Wayne, he mm-hmm. wrote "Spend It." Yeah, and then the the cycle just kept. Rolling and rolling and right. rolling. So let me ask you this: like, like, I'm not a big rap fan. I never have really been. Um, but so, as a DJ, can you explain to me? Is it like an aesthetic thing um, in the sense of like you hear the beats and it moves something in you, and you don't even listen to the music? You know, like Chris Rock does that bit about skeet, skeet, skeet. Yeah. You know, you know, I and mean, the girls aren't even no, listening; they just exactly. love it. Right, right. Or is there really some deeper? Um, content underneath that where people listen to uh, the words and go actually this is really touching me on, on a visceral level there's two different kinds of rap and Marissa can I uh, can I ask you to find me a song real quick it's Check called it. Two Chains I Love Them Strippers just find that for me and when we get to that sounds this, like Shakespeare yes there's what? two different kinds yeah, of rappers go ahead. Okay. one Jay-Z Jay-Z's gonna tell you a story Jay-Z someone I personally I'm not crazy about the beats that Jay-Z puts out. They're good, uh-huh. but they don't, like, move me like, ooh. Like, it's just, I couldn't be in a, I'm not in a club, and I'm just like, that beat. It's more about what he does on the track. He's going to tell you a story, and he makes you believe the story, and the music goes with it. Right. Now, there are other types of rappers. Tyga is one of them. I do not think he is a lyrical genius. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two Chains. I do. I. I'm sorry. I do not think Two Chains is a lyrical genius. But he. What he does is he has a sick beat that moves you. The beat's just retarded, right? In a positive way. Uh, and what he does on it, like yeah, I love them strippers, is a song about. I go to the strip club and I'm going to talk about all these hot girls. Yeah. Now, is that like an amazing song? No, but. In the club, the beats great. When I first heard it, I was like, "This is not really a song." But isn't that the difference how hip hop started? Like East Coast is more lyrical and West Coast is more beat. Oh, is that right? And that's what was the, it. It just ah. developed separately, and it developed in New York, and like, developed in New York, and then also started going in LA, and LA became more beat based. So here's your song. And so this is the song. 
He's not really rapping about anything deep. But this is what's in the clubs right now. It just it has that beat. It gets you moving once you get another drink. Get on the dance floor and go. And not only that, has the girls shaking their butts. It has. Mm. It, it, it's. It's a mood. It's a lifestyle. It's mm. a. You really could though take out. Yeah, I love the strippers and put like. Yeah, I love grocery shopping. And 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 it would make the difference, really. Right? Or it not? would be more parody if you were to do something like right, that. Right, yeah. I mean, I but mean, you're just saying that, yeah, the lyrics just it don't matter. It's the beat. And, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because if you look back in the history of music, I mean, there's been plenty of songs like the Bee Gees, for example. I love the Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. But do you really know what those songs are about? Not really, you know? Who's about staying alive? Staying alive, yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, an <laughs> example of that, honestly, here's an, here's an example uh, where it mostly is about the beat. Um, you watch. We watch YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. There's this one clip uh, on YouTube where it's this woman and she talks about Lord Jesus. There was a fire. I don't know if you guys have seen that oh. that one. She's like, I went down. I smelled smoke. I went downstairs and I got me a cold pop. And she tell she's talking to the news and you're just laughing at it because she's a funny woman talking about cold pops and fires and things mm. like that. So then someone takes it. And then they make a music video out of it, and it was. A, and when like I tell you, like Alabama, the, the same, music, yeah. is, the song, I love the song. It's a right. remix of her, but that right. essentially is what yeah. these guys are doing. I bet, do you think? Oh, go ahead, sorry. Because, no, no, you know, at the same time, like I would look at it as uh, two chains. Like he's capitalizing on his beat. Like he he knows he does a good beat, so like it doesn't matter what he's going to say because lyrically, that's not his strength. Like it, it, no, but I'm being honest. Like that's just yeah. that maybe that he maybe he actually knows it isn't his strength, and what? he's actually just. Why is he calling himself Two Chains? Do you know that? Because he doesn't have three and it's two. <laughs> I'm actually not. Sh- I'm what? not sure. I don't know if it's because <laughs> he always wears two chains. If that's why it started with that, I don't. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Do, Again, we get, do we have callers on this show? Can people call in and yes, tell us why? Four two four two five six seventeen twenty nine. If you're a two chains yeah. fan, please call in right now. Um, yeah, let us know why it's two chains. And I'm like, not saying his. Okay, let's just clear this up before we get hated. Go ahead. Not that he is not lyrically good. That two chains is not not lyrically good. He, I, I think he's a great rapper. However, comparing him to Nas, Jay Z, lyrically. Doesn't fall in that, in that category. His flow, his swag. Rap is all about swag. How you say something on a on a beat. Nicki Minaj is the perfect example. Mm-hmm. Saying literally in her rap said, "Twinkle, twinkle, little star." We're rapping about that now, okay? But it works because the way she says it, she does her little you know ah, yeah. voice things mm. and it works for the songs it's never been done before it's unique it's mm. crazy it's creative it's innovative it's rap is always about the next thing what's going to be next what's going to be hot my how's my swag different from your swag and once you find that you capitalize off it and 2 Chain now has a flow has a swag that he's just running with Tiger's the same exact way with what he's got a lot of Tiger songs literally could just r- flow right into each other but it works. So, well, another thing too is like if you look at if you look at hip hop, it, it emerged at the beginning. And, and again, we were talking East Coast and West Coast. West Coast was West Coast was more beat based, and East Coast was more lyrical. But even both, the songs were a lot deeper back. You know, back before it became pop music. Like a lot of hip hop is now pop music, yeah. and when things become pop music, it generally not all the time, but generally be, 
becomes more simple. Gets mm-hmm. more simplified and it gets more to appeal to a broad audience. Right. Whereas like Tupac initially didn't appeal to an extremely broad audience. Now he's like everyone knows about Tupac. A lot of people listen to him. Mm-hmm. You know, all different ages, demographic groups. But initially it, it wasn't about that. Now hip hop's about being played on like you know a top forty station or in the club. And I mean honestly, and his music and and. Two Chains music does definitely appeal to a, a broad base. Because you know? what what Two Chains now he's talking about is club music. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if Two Chains probably wrote a rap about how he grew up and had to hustle and you know didn't make it through school and uh, uh, that's not really relatable to you know someone in you know. Uh, that didn't go through that. But yeah. you know what? I'm a guy. He's a guy. He thinks those girls are hot. And he's rapping about, yeah, I love them strippers. Well, I love them strippers too. And I'm out tonight and I'm drinking and I'm enjoying myself. And this song makes me feel like that. It's empowering. And it, it's that type of a bond, that type of a connection. And where do you see him? Like, you know, we were talking about we were talking about um, Ashley Rickards, like 2 chains. Like, where, where do we see, like, if for some reason, like, you know, if this is his last, you know, his last album, like, what do you think he's going to, or what do you think his next thing is going to be? Uh, that, that's Just in the industry, like, because, you know, the, the next bigger and better, I wonder what is next. I mean, for me, I can't really say. I, I, I don't know his music that well enough, but watching this, I mean, he seems like somebody who just is going to keep on going and he going. He seems to and, keep reinventing himself. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like he will change with the times and, you know, be around. Will he be Jay-Z? I Doubt it. I doubt that, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to knock the guy. Uh, that takes something else that I, I don't know if, not that he doesn't have it, but I think he's kind of, like Ashley Ricards was saying, I've kind of cast-typed myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's done recently. And mm-hmm. make your money off of it. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, maybe he's. we're going to see a whole different side of 2 Chains off his next album. Never mm. know. I think the, <laughs> the name Titty Boy is still up for uh, no, auction. I think he's done with it. Oh, if you want, you want Titty Boy. I could Boy? take that on. Or not? Yeah, definitely. He's done with that. I'm gonna get that T-shirt as well. <laughs> we just need one for you. Uh, you know, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, all these new shows in the fall, I'm excited about them. We have this one, Vampire Diaries, uh, Fox New Tuesdays. I don't know if you guys have seen the Mindy Project or the New Girl. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. AfterBuzz is covering all of them, and we want you guys, as soon as you're done watching whatever your favorite TV show is, Once Upon a Time is back. As soon as you're done, just come to AfterBuzzTV.com, and we're probably here talking about it. And we want you guys to join us. We're interactive. Call in. Leave us comments. Join the chat room. Just be a part of it. Yeah, give us Super feedback. Simple. We want to know. Like, We really want to know if there's something we touched on that maybe you know some more information about than we do or you have a different opinion like let us know tweet us like mine my tweet is my tweet my twitter you can play with my twitter at thomas guy you T- can play with his you twitter. can play with my twitter at thomas guy <laughs> t-o-m-a-s guide g-u-i-d-e nigel where can they play with your twitter uh, <laughs> i stole sunset, that from spicy Marty. By sunset the way. boulevard no at mcginnis nigel <laughs> At the biggest, Nigel. At McGinnis, Nigel. McGinnis, McGinnis, Nigel. I'm DJ Jesse J. Um, I want to thank you guys and tune in every week. If you saw something today that you disagree with, and I know next week we're gonna have new people talk about. Call in. Let us. Let's talk about two chains next week. Let's talk about Ashley. Just call us. Let us know. And uh, we're gonna have a special guest every week. So not only are we gonna see what MTV's showing us, but we're gonna bring in somebody and let them tell you how they made it. 
So thank you for tuning in. Thank you guys for joining me here in the AfterBuzz TV studio next week. Same time, same place. Peace. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.